Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Mern. I'm a certified health coach, certified personal trainer, and soon to be a certified brain rewiring coach. We're going to be talking about all things training, nutrition, mindset, and hormone balancing for the Lady Climber. You can learn more about me and the services I offer over at ladybetacoaching.com and over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. We are going to be talking all about the actionable ways that you can start to overcome the fear of falling. So with this, I first wanted to go into a little bit about maybe the things that aren't working for you in overcoming your fear of falling. Hopefully you listened to episode and part one of this. So more mindset tips and more on how to start overcoming the fear of falling in a very practical way and working on where your fear of falling came from in the first place. So make sure you listen to that. If you are interested in overcoming your fear of falling, that's going to really set the foundation for what we're going to be talking about today. So some of the things that usually don't work for people when they're attempting to overcome their fear of falling is the just do it mentality. So they just go out and fall more. Um, All of the clients that I've had that just has not worked for them that really didn't work for me either, at least not in the way that I was attempting to do it. I thought, you know, just go do it and just go fall meant like, oh, I need to go take big whips like right out the gate. And I think for a lot of people like that is that is starting way too late in the game. Like that is too many steps that they haven't taken in order to get to that place. So making sure that you're starting a lot farther back from that. So I'm going to be going over my three-step process in order to help you feel more comfortable overcoming the fear of falling. And spoiler alert, we actually start on the ground with doing this. And I think what a lot of this comes back to is relearning how to trust yourself, um, to trust your instincts, to really make sure that you are having a good grip on risk management and trusting your gut feeling on things when like, hey, this really doesn't feel right to me. This feels pretty wrong. And being able to trust that and know beyond a doubt, like if my body's telling me this, I know I need to go with it. Learning to trust yourself and making those decisions because if we've second guessed ourselves for too long, whether we, you know, took a took a bad fall or maybe we just never even learned how to determine the risk in the first place, a lot of that I think can get wrapped up in like I don't trust myself to make decisions so you've got to learn to trust your decision making process and then to also trust your body to execute and to do things and to also trust that it's going to be okay on the other side of things so all of the things that we've talked about in part one of this so being able to you know really utilize and practice those risk management skills super important being able to tell what's a real risk versus a perceived risk. That one for a lot of people, I think, is where a lot of the gray and the shadow area comes in. You know, things are not always black and white. Sometimes it can be both. It can be both a real and perceived fear coming into play. But getting as clear as you can, like, is this actually dangerous or is this just my mind telling me that it's dangerous? And going back to the just do it mentality of like, oh, just go take falls. um, I think there's a lot more practice practical way that we can go about that, that has actual steps that you can feel like, hey, I'm making progress here versus keeping it more like nebulous. And you're like, well, I took some falls, but like, does that mean I've overcome my fear of falling? Like, where do I stand on the spectrum of things? Am I am I actually making progress towards this goal that I have? And ultimately too, like remembering, like, why do you want to overcome the fear of falling? Connecting back to your why, you know, does overcoming your fear of falling or at least becoming more okay with falling, does it allow you to climb 
climb harder? Does it open up more routes for you? Do you get to go to different crags? Like what is that end result? Like why is it so important for you to do this in the first place? I think having that really clear goal, especially on those days where it feels a little bit more frustrating, you're like, oh my God, fuck this. Like it's so scary. I don't want to do it. Like make sure that you remember like I'm doing this for a reason and for a purpose and it's not just to make myself uncomfortable it's to really push and grow and expand my abilities as a rock climber and to be able to go to new places and have new experiences and get on you know routes that are I thought previously were out of my limit and my capability. Once you've gotten that why dialed in, then you can start to move on to some of these more actionable tips, but please, please, please don't discount the importance of doing that deeper mindset work. A lot of my clients and a lot of people that I know really try to just kind of like skip forward into this, you know, action step. Oh, I'm, I'm making moves. I'm doing things. I'm really progressing towards my goal without addressing a lot of the deeper things. And I really think it's, it's selling yourself short and it's not helping you realize or see your full potential without doing some of that more uncomfortable mindset work that's really going to be very beneficial for you in the end. And just make sure that you're not shortcutting the process just to kind of get the results that you think you want. Because again, like sometimes what you think you need versus what you actually need, they can be kind of different. Oftentimes they meet in the middle, but just know that like Yes, doing doing the actionable stuff can be like sexy and make you feel like you're making a lot of progress, but is that necessarily true? Not always. I would argue that it's it's pretty shallow and surface level without the addition of doing that deeper mindset work, doing a lot of, okay, searching out what are the limiting beliefs that you have around overcoming your fear of falling? What are you telling yourself that you're capable of, not capable of, and really going from there. So the first step to my three-step process and this, I just want you to know, none of this has a timeline. This has to go at the rate at which you're comfortable, yet uncomfortable at the same time. So as with any growth or change, it is going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to feel, quote, easy, but it shouldn't necessarily feel like pulling teeth. So if it feels like you're pulling teeth and it's like the most uncomfortable thing you've ever done in your entire life, that's how you probably know you're trying to push it a little bit too hard too fast. So again, this doesn't have a timeline. None of these steps have a timeline. And if you want to put quantifiable or measurable things into place, you're absolutely more than welcome to. But I would really just honor your body, honor where you're at, and really take it from there. So don't try to rush the process again. Try to really appreciate where you're at and try to look at the micro wins. So what what are the things that you can be proud of each and every single time you go to the gym, you go to the crag, even if you don't necessarily feel like you made progress, I'm sure you did. Even going and committing to doing that thing can be a form of progress. So you showed up. That is like, that is a plus one in my book. Can you challenge yourself to think of things more along those lines versus did I do this? Did I not do this? So diving into step one of the three-step process, and this is totally not trademarked, although I feel like I should because (laughs) this is what's been so helpful for me and so many of my clients as well. And this is what I teach inside my group coaching program and with everybody that I have worked with one-on-one in the past. So we really do want to start in a controlled environment. So anytime that we're learning a new skill set and absolutely falling is a skill, it takes practice. It's exactly like your muscles. You have to build up to it. We want to make sure that we're practicing in the most safe environment that we can be in. 
So that's probably going to be the ground. So going back to what I said about learning how to trust yourself again. So how, how comfortable are you right now being inverted? Yes, absolutely. We're doing handstands and I'm so excited about it. So make sure you also check out the show notes for this episode because I'm going to be having you do handstands and I'll have a little guide for you at the end of the show notes that you can download and start to utilize yourself. I cannot tell you how freaking beneficial this has been for so many of my clients just to start to learn to get comfortable with being inverted, being upside down, and trusting their body. So if you haven't played around with handstands a lot before, we're absolutely going to have you start out using the wall so you have, you know, a little bit of a fallback to utilize and you're not just like totally out there on your own. If you're not new to things like arm balancing, handstands, things like that, you're absolutely free to continue continue your practice as you see fit and to do the things that you already know how to do. But being able to get really comfortable in a handstand with or without the wall, not only is it great for shoulder stabilization as well, it's going to make you a lot stronger in your shoulder girdle, but it really like challenges you to let go of that control aspect a little bit. You know, you're not just like walking on your two feet, something you're completely comfortable and capable of. You're challenging yourself to try new things and you're building up that confidence when you're successful at it. And You know, there's obviously so many different places that you can go with handstands too, so you can keep progressing this as a a skill in and of itself. And there's really so much reward in seeing like, oh my gosh, I couldn't even kick up into the wall when I first tried this. And then a couple sessions later, you're able to hold the handstand for a little bit. And again, it comes back to like building confidence. Like we need you to feel better about where you're at and feel really good about what you've accomplished. And Even if it's not necessarily like, oh, I didn't go take like huge giant whippers, like this is still really big progress. And other things that you can do that are, you know, similar to handstands that are on the ground, they're in a controlled environment where you're not necessarily in a high stress, high stakes situation yet is... Have you ever watched kids running around at the gym, not saying they should be running around, but like, you know what I mean? Like, they're just like doing somersaults. They're like hanging off the ropes. They're like doing all of these things. And what they're really doing is they're testing their limits and testing their boundaries. And they're seeing like, what can I get away with right now? They're learning where their body's at in space, the, you know, the gravity, how it interacts with them. And they're really testing out their limits. They're, they're, they're challenging themselves to like, how far can I push this before I fall over? So how can you really embody more of that like childlike play and behavior? Because what they're doing is they're trusting their bodies on those different surfaces, the pads, the mats, the carpet bonded foam, whatever it is that you have in your gym. I'm not saying to just like go run through the gym and go wild. Um, I don't think the gym staff would necessarily appreciate me telling you to do that. But I do think that there's a lot of logic in being able to have that more play type of attitude and be able to do things like handstands or maybe a cartwheel on the pads or just getting used to that environment and knowing like, okay, if I fall on this, I know exactly where my weight is going to land. I know how to disperse it and building up that confidence within yourself. Another thing that you can do is what I really like to call turtling. So I have also not trademarked this. Uh, Maybe I should, but turtling is where you kind of like squat down a little bit. So your knees come down, your arms are in front of you and you're kind of on the edge of the pad and you're lightly rolling back onto the pad and you can kind of like imagine a turtle rolling onto its back. So you're getting used to this falling position without having to do it from, let's say, 
halfway up the wall or the top of the wall quite yet. And what this is doing for you is it's it's letting you learn how to trust your body in space. You're really going to be able to see like, okay, if I fall this way, if I fall a little bit sideways in this from this controlled position and controlled space, how is that going to go? What is it going to look like? Am I going to be able to roll out of this and recover from this? And it's going to help a lot because again, it's helping you to loosen your reins a little bit on all that control that you have. Um, So many people come to me with, you know, a hard time overcoming the fear of falling. And it really relates back to like, they just can't seem to let go of control. So how can you challenge yourself to do that in a situation and an environment where it is more controlled and more safe? And you're going to be able to have a higher locus of control over the outcome initially. So to wrap up part one, you know, like this is like step one in the process, like can you get really comfortable with doing things on the ground? And I mean, that can also include plyometric exercises, you know, like can you get comfortable doing box jumps? Like box jumps, I think are so incredibly beneficial for doing things like dynamic movement on the wall because you learn how to get really comfortable in a position where there's no like there's no real consequence yet like if you fall on a box jump you're like okay yeah maybe I maybe I kind of bonked my shin and that kind of sucked but it's not like you necessarily flung off of a large dyno in the gym So moving on into part two. So this is where we actually do move on into a rope. And I think the important distinction here is going to be there are a lot of different steps in between, you know, part one, step one of this process, step two and step three. Again, there's no timeline and don't be hard on yourself to like rapidly move through these. Give yourself permission to stay where you're at, but also be really honest. Like, am I ready to move on yet? And am I just afraid to do that? So being able to have that really like radical honesty conversation with yourself, I think is is very important. And with step two, so obviously you want a partner that you trust and have good communication with. This is super important to be able to have somebody that you can ask and and pretty much preface the conversation with like, hey, I really want to practice falling. Is this something that you're able to support me in today? So I do think that pre-planning these sessions is super important. So something that's done at any time is often done at no times. Um, You have to schedule this in. This has to, if this is actually a priority for you, make sure it's a priority. Like don't act like it is and then not take that next step to actually schedule it in and make it happen. I know it's scary to actually put it on the calendar and be like, oh my God, this is real. Like this is going to be a thing that actually happens. But you're going to be so thankful that you did. So with that partner that you have great communication with, there's a couple different ways that you can go about this. Um, So you can take announced falls where you you pretty much pre-warn the person like, hey, I'm going to take a fall here or got me or you're having some type of communication to where that person knows that they need to be ready to catch you. And then there's unannounced falls. So kind of on the other side where maybe you just kind of like let go and that person's going to catch you. And one note here too on things. So when you are the climber, you get to be belayed however you want. If you have your partner and they are like adamant about using an ATC and that makes you uncomfortable, that is not okay. They are not the climber. They do have to cater to you. And if that's like somebody's like unwilling to budge what they do to make you comfortable, like that's for me a really big red flag. And as, as the climber, like you get to do whatever it takes to make yourself as comfortable as possible in the situation, especially when you're doing something like fall practice. Um, 
So just know full, full permission from me. You can say, hey, Coach Chelsea told me that, you know, I need my 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 partner to really use a gree during this time so that I can feel a lot more safe and competent. Um, if it doesn't matter to you, awesome. But if it does, like I really highly recommend prioritizing and having that conversation. And it's not about them. It's about you. It's about where you're at right now. You're not questioning their, you know, capability as a belayer. You're just saying, hey, I would be personally a lot more comfortable if you used a gree right now. Um, especially as I'm trying to work through my fear of falling. So with step two, you know, having those unannounced and announced falls, the way that you can do this is you're on a top rope. Um, and I really think top rope is such a brilliant way to do things. It's it's going to be one of your best friends in this scenario and situation. Ain't no shame in the top rope game. Like I know very many high level athletes that use top roping as a strategy first to climb their very difficult projects. So getting comfortable with the moves, you know, really dialing it in on a top rope and then going for it on lead, you know, after they've dialed it in on the top rope and really utilize that to the best of their ability. And if this is somewhere where you're you're going to be able to stay for a period of time and really get comfortable here, awesome. Do not feel bad about this. Full permission for me to do this. And being able to, again, like, very much look at what progress you have made within a day um, and be proud of yourself for that. So obviously you can go to the top of the wall and you can take announced falls, you can take unannounced falls. Maybe you set a goal for yourself where you take five unannounced and five announced falls in a day and you call it good and maybe you feel really good about that and you don't necessarily have to push it to step three that day. Um, Or maybe you set a goal for yourself to take 10 falls, you know, whatever it is. If you need to quantify it and put a number to it, I think that's awesome. You definitely don't need to. And another really key point here in this second stage is being able to get comfortable swinging on a rope. So I know a lot of people are very uncomfortable with the pendulum type motion. So since you're on a top rope, this is going to be a really good opportunity for you to start to get used to feeling that free air feeling. So maybe the first step for you is pushing out from the wall and kicking back and really getting comfortable with that. So not necessarily a pendulum motion, but you're really just getting comfortable swinging around in the free air and saying like, okay, this, you know, it's a little bit out of my comfort zone, but it feels okay for me. You know, I think I can handle this. I think I can do this. And then once you get comfortable with that, then you can start to kick around kind of sideways and start to take those more like pendulum type falls. So maybe where you start first is you're already at that stopped position. You're already, you know, waiting the rope and you just start going kind of sideways Um, and you start like kicking that way and you just you just get comfortable with that obviously make sure that all of your safety stuff is in place like please do not do this in any sketchy sort of situations like common sense really comes into play here and this this needs to be somewhere where you feel safe first of all in order to start doing this And then what you can start to do is if you are on a top rope, you can start to climb a little bit sideways. And then can you let go from there? You know, I'm not asking you to climb like 50 feet sideways, but you know what I mean. Like start getting comfortable, start very small, maybe just go a couple of feet and see how that feels and then try to push it a little bit farther. Maybe you can go one or two more moves and kind of see how that feels for yourself. And again, you can play around with announced and unannounced versions of this. 
So if you are feeling good there, full speed, head on to step number three. So this is where I think a lot of people are going to spend the most amount of time. This is somewhere where I spend definitely a lot of time as well. You know, at different points in time, I've really overcome my fear of falling. And then if I don't get on a rope for a little bit, it absolutely comes back for me. And it's absolutely right there, right in my face again. So I know for me, this is something that I need to continually work on. It is not a one and done situation. It's definitely not something where I've worked on it one time. And I'm just good for the rest of my life. Like, I don't need to work on it anymore. Um, but making sure that, again, like you're not pressuring yourself to move faster than you're ready for, and you're not, you know, being disappointed in not progressing more quickly. And with step three, so you are going to be lead climbing. So making sure even more so that you have a partner that you trust and you have that conversation ahead of time. You know, are you ready to support me today? Like I want to do some fall practice. And the point of these days, if you're on top rope or lead is not to even get to the top of the wall. Like take that completely out of your mind. You need to be completely unattached to the performance outcome because keep in mind that if you ultimately overcome the fear of falling, your performance is going to skyrocket. You are going to have so much more available to you. So just tuck that little performance card in the back of your pocket for a couple weeks and really focus in on this, really make this a big priority because it's going to pay off tenfold when you start to actually overcome this fear. And with the lead climbing, so it's going to be similar to the top roping, having announced and unannounced falls. But this one, you're going to be pretty much, you know, in the beginning, right around your bolt. So if you have a quick draw there, or maybe it's a piece of gear, this can be, you know, applicable to drag climbing as well. But please use even more caution here. Um, please make sure that your gear placement is bomber and super good before you start to do this. Um, I generally don't recommend that my trad climbers do a lot of fall practice. I just I don't think it's necessarily worth it. I think the risk can be quite a bit higher than doing something obviously like lead climbing. So use your own discretion on that. Um, but this is going to be primarily for lead climbing. So taking some falls right with the bolt at your waist is going to be really, really helpful. Or maybe you even need to be a little bit under the bolt. So you're almost on like a little mini top rope and just kind of like learning to trust yourself, learning to trust the gear, learning to trust that like, okay, when I take a fall, I am fine. And repeating that to yourself. When I take a fall, I'm fine. Nothing happened. I caught free air and my belayer caught me and I am all good. Things are all good here. So maybe you set a goal for yourself to take five falls with the bolt at your waist and maybe that feels good for you. Maybe you're ready to move on. Okay, can you climb up a little bit past the bolt? Maybe it's one to two hand movements and then try taking some falls there. So maybe they're announced falls, maybe they're unannounced falls and really being able to be proud of yourself for even doing that. You know, if that's where you have to stop for a day, awesome. But if you're ready to keep pushing it and you can obviously keep this in the back of your pocket, like all I'm doing is giving you tools for your toolkit. You can take this, you can leave this. Maybe you're not ready for it yet, or maybe you're absolutely ready to start tackling this. So once you've gone one to two hand movements above the bolt, can you go even further? Can you maybe put your feet above the bolt? How does that look? You know, making sure too that there aren't things like volumes or ledges or you know whatever under you try to do this fall practice in the most safe of circumstances and situations really utilizing that you know risk management being able to look at things and say is this safe is this not safe i would really urge you to do this in as safe and as 
as an environment as possible, especially when you're starting to first get used to it and you're like really, really diving into overcoming the fear of falling. So once you've gotten comfortable taking some falls with your feet above the bolt, I mean, you've pretty much graduated at this point. Like you should be so proud of yourself. And the goal in my mind anyway, isn't to just be completely okay taking massive whippers. Um, For me, that's never been like a something that's really attracted me. Like I am not the type of person to finish a sport route and then purposefully not clip the chains and take a victory whip. Like that's just not something I'm interested in. I do, however, want to have a better relationship with falling and not necessarily be afraid of it and have that hold me back from going from heart, going for hard moves. So just think of like to what your goal is like, do you want to be okay taking big whips on little gear? Like that's going to take a little bit more work than what we've just described here. You can absolutely get there. It's just going to take time. It's going to take a lot of exposure and it's going to take a lot of patience from yourself probably a lot of patience and really being proud of like what you've done if you showed up and you tried a plus gold star for that day so again to wrap this up step one is can you do you know things in a controlled environment to help you trust yourself again handstands turtling maybe it's dynamic you know plyometric exercises on the ground that's really going to help you doing some cartwheels step two is practicing things on top rope again with that announced and unannounced fall Um, maybe a little bit of pendulum a little bit of swinging just really feeling your body in the free air and reminding yourself like i'm okay here this is good step three is going to be doing some lead climb So again, make sure you're certified. I'm not telling you if you're not certified to like go do all of these things. You have to use your discretion and do what you're qualified and have the education and background for and getting really comfortable with lead falls. So maybe set a goal of 10 total falls for yourself in a day and maybe they're all right at the bolt. I would argue that's a huge improvement, like just you committing to that and showing up for that and showing up for yourself. Like that's really big. Be proud of that. You can progress that to one to two moves beyond the bolt, maybe putting your feet beyond the bolt. And before you know it, you're gonna find a route where you care more about sending than you care about falling. And that's probably where it's gonna click for you. I mean, ultimately that's that's what happened for me is I cared way more about sending this route than I cared about taking a silly fall. Um, Granted, the fall was, you know, relatively decent sized and it wasn't, you know, a super, super fun experience while I was trying to work through that, but it was so worth it at the end. If you've been training hard, make sure you are maximizing your training gains and getting enough protein throughout the day. And this is something so common that I see with so many of my clients. They're just not getting quite enough protein throughout the day. Make sure you go listen to my episode with Caitlin Holmes. We talk about protein and the requirements there and how important it is to really make sure that you're replenishing what you've broken down through exercise so that you can really get all of those gains that you're working so hard for. My favorite way to do this is to either use collagen or a pea protein right after my climbing training sessions to just make sure that I am getting enough protein throughout the day. You know my favorite brand, Busy Vantage. So their vanilla pea protein is so good. It's sweetened with monk fruit. I honestly just use it in water. It's that good. There aren't that many protein powders out there that you can just use with water and have it be fine, but theirs tastes so good. You can also use it in smoothies. I've used it in baked goods before. I use it in oatmeal. Like it really is so versatile. So if you want to try out Fizzy Vantage for yourself to really maximize your training gains, use code LADYBETA, all one word, at checkout at Fizzy Vantage dot com and you can test some out for yourself. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, make sure you go leave a rating and a review on iTunes. This helps not only me, but other people find the show as well. And I so appreciate the feedback. If this has been helpful for you to really learn how to overcome the fear of falling from more of a mindset sort of view, and then also having the actionable tips. This is, these are things that I work with my clients on every single day. So I know if it's helpful for them, it's going to be helpful for you as well. But I always love hearing the feedback. We will talk next episode.